Every day we take our lives into our own hands when we consume vitamins and supplements. By not knowing the right ones to take or when, we could be doing a disservice to our health, or even worse, could be endangering it. Welcome to your Daily Dose with Doreen Doucette. Now you have a resource to help you use supplements, vitamins, and natural health more safely and effectively. Here is your host, Doreen Doucette. Good morning and welcome to your Daily Dose. You know, for many, many years, folk medicine and remedies that were used so many years ago has always piqued my interest. I've had the opportunity to speak with many elderly people who have told me so many home remedies that they used to use for illnesses, wounds, flus, and colds. And I have many antique books on healing naturally that I found in my grandmother's collection. I've also been able to talk with my mother-in-law about some of the old recipes that her and her Acadian ancestors used faithfully when uh, some of their children were ill. You know, it's so sad that so many of these remedies are leaving with the people who had to use them instead of being written down and passed to the next generations. If not to use, then just to keep on hand. Several of these old-time folk medicines are so much cheaper, and to this day, they may be safer and just as, if not more effective than some of our current-day medications. And as usual, some of them are just a bit hard to believe. Now, folk medicine goes very far back in time where nature was our very first drugstore. You know, man and animals depended on plants and herbs to avoid illnesses and to maintain their health. Wherever in the world you are, you could always find fields that would contain many medicines that would give you health or to help heal you should you become sick. There are so many herbs and plants that were used as teas, as salves, um, ointments, or for whatever illness that you had. Now, our ancestors discovered that the first principles of folk medicine in the healing plants were that the animals sought out if they were suffering from digestive disturbances, fever, or probably any wounds. By them observing how animals cured themselves and kept themselves healthy from nature's own methods, then so did our ancestors look to those same methods to cure their own illnesses and disease. It's quite amazing the instincts of the animals to make use of nature for healing themselves, and they seem to know precisely which herbs will cure what ills. And when an animal becomes ill, the first thing that they're going to do is they're going to seek solitude and relaxation. Then they're going to rely on the remedies that nature holds within the plants and the air. Now, an animal who has a fever, the first thing that she's going to do is to try finding a shady area and she's going to lay there and hopefully it's going to be near water because they do search out water. She's going to lay quietly. The key here is she's going to eat nothing, but she's going to drink often until her health improves. Now, Noting that the animal is going to eat nothing is very important because when we're ill, we tend to do just the opposite and we eat foods that someone's going to make and serve to us. And we tend to feel that if we skip or miss a meal, then something detrimental is going to happen to us or something very terrible is going to happen should we miss that meal. But in actuality, if you are to leave the food alone when you're sick, this is going to create a biochemical change in your body and it's going to allow it to heal more quickly. 
An animal um, that could be suffering from rheumatism, what they're going to do is they're going to look for a spot that's in bright, hot sunlight. And they're going to lay there until the pain is heated completely out of its body. So accepting nature's plan for good health and remaining free from disease, as the animals have, we as people have to simply follow the plan too and not constantly try to revise it, which is what we seem to do all the time. We truly need to go back to the school of the bees, the dogs, um, the cats and horses, you know, cows and goats, and so many of the other animals, and allow them to reteach us their ways because we have forgotten or let go of so much through the ages. You would be so amazed at the insight that you could gain into nature's medicine that you certainly would never be able to learn from any medical books. Now, while I was a nurse and working in the nursing homes, one of the things that I truly enjoyed was to sit with the residents and listen to their stories of years gone by and when they were young. So many of them would say to me, when I was little and I had a cold, my mother would make this up and I had to take it. It was terrible, but it really worked. They'd tell me the recipe or sometimes only some of the ingredients, but it was always so interesting to sit and listen to them. They are just a wealth of knowledge. My one regret is that I never wrote any of these remedies down. And more often than not, these folk remedies and the recipes die with our elderly population. Way too many of us these days rely too heavily on prescription medications and manufactured salves, ointments, and syrups. And you know, most of them these days can contain so many chemicals and preservatives that our bodies just don't need. So let's, let's take a look at some of these folk remedies. And you might want to grab a pen and a paper if you might want to write some of them down and maybe give a couple of them a try. Now, in folk medicine, there are so many simple prescriptions, but one that I have found to be most beneficial and so simple to do comes to replenishing the mineral content in your body. All you have to do is take one glass of room temperature water, add two teaspoons of pure apple cider vinegar, and then add two teaspoons of pure unpasteurized honey. Now it's key to have unpasteurized honey because in the pasteurization process, a lot of, of good things get taken out. So you want the unpasteurized. And then all you have to do is drink this mixture in the morning and then before bed. What it is, is the apple cider vinegar contains vitamins B1, B2, B6, biotin, niacin, folic acid, pantothenic acid, and vitamin C. And it also contains small amounts of sodium, phosphorus, potassium, iron, calcium, and magnesium. And the honey, it contains B6, niacin, thiamine, riboflavin, pantothenic acid, and certain amino acids. So it also has minerals in it such as calcium, copper, iron, magnesium, manganese, phosphorus, potassium, sodium, and zinc. And this combination is extremely beneficial. It's also inexpensive and it's so much better for you than taking many of the supplements that are going to contain so many fillers. You just don't need that. Now, the next one, I happened to come across this one online, 
And it's an Anglo-Saxon recipe for an eye salve, and it's at least a thousand years old. What it tells you to do is to crush together equal amounts of onion and garlic, and then you need to add equal amounts of wine and cow's bile. Now, this should all be mixed together, and it has to be left in a bronze vessel for nine days and nine nights. This specific remedy has actually been studied and tested, and it shows that it will kill the MRSA in the lab faster than the best antibiotic. Um, you're going to see just one of the health benefits in each of the ingredients are antibacterial. And when they're combined, they have a great deal of potential for effectively treating many, many infections. So if you're wondering about the cow bile, it's only used as a digestive aid. One of my current clients, um, who was originally from Poland, she was talking to me and she said that when she was starting with a cold in Poland, her mother would place a layer of thinly sliced onion in a jar. She would cover that with a layer of sugar and then another layer of the sliced onion, another layer of sugar, and continue this until the jar was full or it was to the amount that she wanted it to be. She would then let it sit for 24 hours, and then you take a teaspoon of the syrup three to four times a day. She said that the taste wasn't so bad, um, and I would assume that it's because the sugar made it sweet, but she said that the syrup worked very, very well. Another remedy that her mother would make up was for bedtime, and she would take a cup of warm milk, and she'd take two to three cloves of garlic, and she would press the garlic into the milk. Then she would take one teaspoon of honey and one teaspoon of butter. She'd mix this all together and get the children to drink this just before bed. And this was either for a cold or a flu. And of course, with the warm milk, it's going to help to relax you. And then the garlic, the honey is, is going to help reduce the cold symptoms and the coughs. She wasn't quite sure what the butter would have been for. Now, as you can see, onions and garlic, they're used again in these remedies as they were in the thousand-year-old Anglo-Saxon salve recipe because both onions and garlic have a very long history of so many health benefits. Onions have excellent expectorant properties in them, and they do wonders to loosen up any hard phlegm that's in the chest and lung region. She did tell me one remedy that her mother didn't use, but she had heard of many others using it. And it was that um, she would take pine sprigs and sugar for a cough, and she would layer them similar to the onion and the sugar recipe, and then she'd let that sit for about 24 hours, and then you would take a teaspoon of the syrup every so often. And I did look into several of my books as well as online to find out if there were any benefits to this remedy. And some of the things that I found out was, was quite interesting. Pine needles actually hold a lot of health benefits. They contain five times the amount of vitamin C that a lemon does, which I was not aware of. They have antibacterial, anti-inflammatory, pain-relieving, 
and antioxidant properties. And they also have properties that will support the immune system. Now, take into consideration here that I said support the immune system because if you remember in one of my previous podcasts when I was talking about the immune system and boosting it, we don't want to boost our immune system because it keeps us in a state of ill health. We want to support our immune system and keep it healthy. So that's what this does. Um, They're very useful for a decongestant that will help to clear up the sinuses, which will help to relieve any sinus headaches and in any pressure that you would have during a cold. So what you can do is you can use pine needles either in a tea or you can make it into a syrup to take by teaspoon. And the recipe that I found that I liked is as follows. You would take one and a quarter cups of boiling water, one cup of fresh pine needles, and a half a cup of raw honey. So you're going to place the pine needles in a mason jar and cover them with the boiling water. Put the cap on the jar and let this sit until lukewarm. Add the honey and stir until it's mixed completely. And then you can take a tablespoon of this every two hours or as needed for a dry, scratchy throat. Now, one item that I love and has been used for thousands of years is castor oil, and I use this so often for my clients. I use it for my animals. I use it for myself. Um, And many times when I tell my clients um, to use it as an eye drop when they complain of, of having sore or red eyes, so many of them think I'm crazy. But it's, it's mostly only commonly known as a laxative. However, the uses of castor oil are many. Um, many years ago, you used to be able to purchase a castor oil eye drop, and I don't think that they make that anymore. I've not been able to find it. However, I, I, I use it many, many times, as well as using it on my dogs. Um, if, if my dogs have any red sore eyes or if they're starting with an infection, um, I start using a few drops in, in the morning and at night. And within just three to four days, you're going to notice that the redness, the soreness, or any infection that might be in the eye is going to be gone. The key thing is that you do have to make certain that there are no foreign objects in the eye because, of course, at that time, you're going to have to have that removed and you would have to see a doctor. So be careful of that. I also make the castor oil and garlic mixture for abscesses. And it seemed that um, when I was breeding Rhodesian Ridgebacks, they seemed to be more prone to having abscesses, uh, you know, every now and then. So what I did was I would take two ounces of castor oil, put it in a mason jar. I would press two cloves of garlic in it and then put the cover lightly on the jar and put the jar in a water bath and I'd let it simmer for about half an hour or so. Once it would cool down, but it needs to be still slightly warm. You just don't want it hot enough that it's going to burn. I would put a small amount of the oil garlic mixture on a flannel cloth and hold it to the abscess. Within two times of doing this, the abscess is going to drain and then it's going to heal wonderfully. And this is also very useful for people as well. One remedy that has been used for colds or bronchitis many, many years ago is a mixture of two tablespoons of castor oil and one tablespoon of turpentine. 
Now, what you would have to do is you have to warm the two tablespoons of oil and then add the turpentine and mix it well. Then it's going to be rubbed into the chest and covered with a warm cloth. Now, this is to be used only at bedtime, but depending on the severity of the chest cold, it can be used up to three times a day. You just don't want to overuse it. Now, if you suffer with tired, sore feet and you just can't seem to find anything to relieve it, when you go to bed, try rubbing each foot with warm castor oil and then putting on cotton socks. In the morning, you're going to experience the amazing feeling of your skin while noticing that all of the soreness and the tiredness is going to be completely gone because castor oil is wonderful um, as an analgesic. So it's going to take the pain away. For all of the ladies, um, we like to go and have our lashes made longer and you know they don't last all that long, but here's an easy way to get some longer eyelashes. Three times a week at bedtime, rub warm castor oil on the eyelashes. In the morning, just wash your face with warm water and notice how much thicker and longer the lashes will become within a month's time. So you want to do a before picture, wait a month, and then do an after picture, and you are going to notice a difference. This is also going to work very well for eyebrows. So if you have thin and sparse eyebrows, Put warm castor oil on them at bedtime three times a week and then see how much fuller and thicker they become. Now, so many people, um, as we start to age, we get very embarrassed because there are liver spots on the back of our hands. So what you can do is you can start massaging castor oil into them every night. Within a month, you're going to notice they've either faded considerably or the liver spots are completely gone. Now, let's look at a very common problem that I hear from so many of my clients. And at this point, I'll have to put myself in this category as well. And that is sinus problems. Back in the day, when people suffered from sinus problems, they were given honeycomb to chew. And this is just the honeycomb that comes right out of the hives. You, the, the honey is removed from it, and it's just the, the honeycomb that's left. What they would do is they'd break off a piece of the honeycomb, probably about a size of a piece of chewing gum. And they're going to chew on this for about 15 minutes. And then you spit out what is remaining in the mouth. Now you're going to repeat this procedure about every hour for four to six hours. And if the sinus issue is acute, you're going to notice how quickly the honeycomb can bring changes in your body's chemistry and see the difference in the sinus issue within just one day. The sinuses will open up and the pain will, go, will be gone and you'll have so much easier breathing and clearer breathing. Honeycomb is actually a very powerful protectant against sinus infections. Sad thing is, is this time of year, all of the hives have been closed up for the winter. Um, I have been searching for some honeycomb and from local beekeepers, and there's, there's really none available right now. So you'd either have to order it online, or maybe you can find a beekeeper that has stored some of their honeycomb and get it, and at least give it a try. It's worth it. The benefits of honey 
and honey products are astounding. And truthfully, I could go on about them forever, but we're going to move on to some more remedies that I found just a bit unusual. Let's look at the use of turpentine, because I did mention a remedy that contained turpentine just a couple of minutes ago, but here are some more. Um, I, I remember some people telling me that they had to eat turpentine when they had intestinal worms as youngsters. And come to find out, the remedy is still in existence today, and it is still used by some people. Now, there's a few different ways that this can be taken. Um, however, the method that I was told is it's a nine-day treatment. And on day one, you place one drop of turpentine on one teaspoon of sugar. You take this and follow it by a warm glass of milk. On day two, you place two drops of turpentine on a teaspoon of sugar. You take this and again, follow it with a warm glass of milk. Now you're going to repeat this every day, adding an additional drop of the turpentine until day nine, whereas you're going to be placing nine drops of the turpentine on the one teaspoon of sugar. You're going to take that and you're going to follow it by the glass of milk. And they say that at the end of this treatment, all intestinal worms are going to be gone. What happens is it's said that the sugar um, attracts the worms and then the turpentine will kill them. So turpentine, come to find out, has been used for many, many ills um, from chest colds, flus, chest rubs, um, for coughs, again for the parasites, for head lice, and it's also been used topically for wound infections. But one remedy that um, an elderly man recited to me that his grandmother used to give him, this kind of still gives me a chuckle today because she called it the four-shot remedy. And he said it goes like this. So when he would start with either a cold or the flu and his grandmother found out about it, she would give him four shots of whiskey, four tablespoons of sugar with four drops of turpentine on the sugar. Then she would follow that with some sweet tea. And he said, it got rid of whatever ailed you. And I had to laugh at that because he never did tell me his age when he was given this concoction. And I can only think that if a kid was still awake after the four shots of whiskey and turpentine, he most likely needed the tea to sober him up. <laughs> so I've also heard of people um, deworming their dogs and horses using turpentine. And what they did was they used four drops of the turpentine on the dog's feed for three to four days. And to deworm the horses, they would mix one ounce of the turpentine into the nighttime feeding, and they would do this for seven days. Now, am I going to recommend you try these remedies? Hmm, well, personally, I've never ingested turpentine and most likely it's not going to be something that I'm just going to run off to the hardware store to pick up to give it a try. Um, however, having said that, when I was younger and I had a horse that had the heaves, turpentine was added to his feed to help clear the lungs so that he could breathe better. And it did not cure the heaves, that's for sure, but it did give him the ability to breathe a bit better. Now, when we look at where turpentine originates, it's actually made from the resin of certain pine trees. 
And of course, like anything else these days, um, there could be many extra chemicals that's added into the manufacturing process. So, you know, I, I would recommend that you do lots of research prior to any usage because this could be extremely toxic and we don't need to be getting into anything toxic. A couple of remedies that my mother-in-law used for her children when they had chest colds were um, a molasses and an onion remedy. And what she would do is she would chop up three to four large onions and put them in a fry pan with a small amount of oil. She said to cook the onions well, and then you add molasses to cover the bottom of the fry pan. Then add one heaping teaspoon of ginger and sprinkle black pepper to cover all over the top of the molasses. Now you continue cooking for only a little longer and then once it's done and cooled, you could take this as often as needed. Another one that she used was a honey and lemon recipe for a cough. And you can note again that in many of these, honey has been added because honey has been used for centuries for its its medicinal purposes. Um, the honey and lemon, you would add the contents of one bottle of honey in a saucepan. You would slice four lemons, leaving the peel on. Now you're going to put the sliced lemons into the honey and bring it to a boil for about 15 minutes or until the juice is completely drawn out of the lemons. Once this is cooled, again, you can take as needed for a cough. She also made um, a remedy for a baby's diaper rash or if the baby had a sore bottom. What she would do is she would cover the bottom of a dry cast iron fry pan with just plain white flour. She would cook this and you only want to keep it on low, but she'd cook it and she would stir it constantly until the flour turned a golden brown. She'd let it cool um, she'd let it cool completely, actually, and then apply it to the baby's bum at every diaper change. And I can tell you that this truly does work, and it works much better than most of the commercial products that I was looking for when my children were young. So I did use this on both of my kids, and it truly worked very, very well. Another one that um, has been around for a long time and it's one that my mother-in-law made, was one for shingles. And for this one, you're going to have to go to the slaughterhouse and you're going to have to see if you can get some cow hooves for this remedy. You're going to, usually we do about four cow hooves at a time or sometimes a few more. But you have to clean the hooves very well. And this is the longest, hardest process of this remedy because you want to have the hooves extremely clean. You're going to place them on a cooling rack inside of a large roast pan. And then you want to cover the roast pan. Put them in the oven at uh, about 200 degrees. They have to cook very, very slowly. And you have to check on them very often. Now, the first liquid that's going to appear at the bottom of the roast pan, it has to be discarded because that is just going to be um, some waters. Then after that, you're going to notice that oil is going to start to, to pool at the bottom of the roast pan. This is what you want to keep. Now you must drain this oil off about every two hours into a jar as this is the oil that you want to keep. You're going to continue this process until the hooves come apart. And 
it, it's going to be different because, you know, you're going to get different size hooves all the time. So sometimes um, it's taken up to six, seven, eight hours, this, this whole process. So, you know, you, you have to plan a whole day to do this one. But I have to say, this is one of the best medicines for shingles. And again, I've made this oil many times for people who have been diagnosed with shingles and they're so extremely painful. And this remedy actually takes the pain away. Um, all you have to do is, is rub the oil into where the shingles are breaking out on the body. And within a day, you're going to notice that the pain is significantly reduced and until it just it goes away. So wonderful. It's wonderful for shingles. Now, vinegar. Um, you know, many people, uh, we'd like to take an inch or two off of our waistline. So this next one is going to be for us. You don't really have to run out to buy those potentially harmful, you know, fad diet pills that we see that are advertised. Um, and they say that they're going to take inches off magically. All you need to do is you need to add two teaspoons of apple cider vinegar to a glass of warm water and sip this at each one of your meals. That's it. How simple. Now, in two months' time, you're going to notice that your waistline is going to be an inch smaller. Now, with this, you do have to keep in mind that your diet should not consist of daily fast foods and drive throughs okay? So proper nutrition is best, and you're going to see the one inch less effect. If you want to stick with your fast foods and your drive throughs you're going to see one inch more effect. So let's get that less. Do proper nutrition, have your apple cider vinegar and a glass of water, and just sip it at every meal. You'll see the benefits. You know, these, these uh, things that I've listed and these remedies that I've talked about, it doesn't even begin to come close to the amount of folk remedies that are out there. So what I'd like my listeners to do today is send me any folk remedies that you, your mom, or your grandmother, or anyone that you know may have used, or even if you still use it. I'd love to continue this into another show and share your remedies with everyone. So you can send your remedies to me in two ways. You can send it by email at doreensdailydose at gmail.com. Or you can go to my website at www.dmurphydoucette.com and email them through there. I'm looking forward to reading many, many remedies from all of you, so please send in as many as you can. So to everyone listening in today, I hope you enjoyed this show. I hope you wrote a few of the remedies down to give them a try. I do thank you for listening in today. I'll be back again next week. And until then, please, everyone, stay safe and stay well. Thank you for joining us for your daily dose. Be sure to tune in again next week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition with your host, Doreen Doucette. We'll see you then.